You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. On our popular show, Medical Files, and Alhamdulillah, Medical Files, uh, this evening, we are going to discuss a topic uh, that is uh, quite a popular topic uh, because uh, many people are succumbing uh, to Parkinson's uh, disease. And Alhamdulillah, our specialist family, uh, family uh, physician, Dr. Fari, uh, Farouk Hafiji, is in the house uh, this evening. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Farouk Hafiji, and also the uh, uh, Ummah on the listeners of Amarka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Let me welcome you all with a hearty Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening, uh, Doctor. Wa Alaikum Salam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh to you and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, very good. We're having beautiful uh, autumn days now and uh, we must appreciate it. Uh, Allah Ta'ala is very kind to us. No, absolutely, Doctor. Allah is uh, very kind uh, to us, and you know we always say, mm-hmm. So, which is it of the favors of your Lord will you deny? And the answer is none. And uh, you know, Doctor, you've been uh, through the tapestry of life. You've seen uh, the different changes in uh, you know the different generations. And uh, both, I think, uh, you and I are very fortunate that uh, you know we've come through different eras, from a very peaceful, tranquil era, and got into uh, technology, and then uh, we never dreamt in our wildest dream that we'll be seeing load shedding and artificial intelligence and uh, you know uh, mankind going back uh, to uh, jahiliya mode where you get bestiality being promoted incest being in pro- pro- promoted pornography is all available all over the children at school the minds are being mesmerized uh, the tension between parents and children uh, educators and uh, the priest and so forth doctor what would you make out uh, you know this uh, this type of scenario. How would it impact on uh, humans? Uh, you know uh, psychological uh, uh, thoughts and also uh, physiology. Does you know when you're you're, you're psychologi- uh, psychologically, if you're not right, uh, uh, you're you're uh, physically you go off. Also, you go uh, you know off alignment, uh, doctor. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you see, we are we are very fortunate because uh, we have gone through a period where. There was no cell phones, there was no internet, uh, there was no email, there was no faxes, faxes. We had to post letters, everything was slow, uh, and, you know, nothing was digitalized. Uh, you went to the shop, they, they, they rang the, the, uh, the, the, uh, for change, they, they rang the, um, the machine uh, for change, remember the old style? Uh, and then we came, we went into the the start of uh, the, the um, uh, computers, uh, starting with the. I mean, if you if you think about it, the first computer I owned was a 64 megabyte uh, computer, and and we thought that was fantastic. What a large memory it has, 64 megabyte. Now you laugh at it because now they're talking about terabyte, gigabytes. So you know you can see the progress that has happened in the last 30 or 40 years, but you know. Uh, so, so the advance has been really exponentially. The, the curve has gone really virtually straight up. So now they're, they're, no, so they're talking about um, they're talking about um, a generation Z at the moment. As generation Z, we know we know about the millennials. Millennials were people who were born from 1982 onwards, and then and then we get the generation Z, uh, and uh, the generation Z is a generation. Who is now between uh, between five and twenty-five, between five and twenty-seven, say up to twenty-seven years old. Uh, these people have grown up 
with the smartphone and they have grown up with fast internet high speed internet that's how they have grown up they've grown up with uh, ipads and they've grown up with smartphones uh, so and and, and touch uh, touching screens uh, and so um, everything for them has been instantaneous they want to know something all they need to do is press a few no don't even have to press buttons they just have to touch the screen in different areas and uh, and they, they get what they want and now this you can see a little kids a uh, three-year-old, two-and-a-half, three-year-old, four-year-old will be able to uh, use a an iPad without any problems. These kids have grown up uh, with this kind of environment. So everything has been uh, quick, uh, instantaneous. So uh, they because they grew up like that, they feel that everything else around them must be instantaneous. So they get a bit impatient with people who are slower. They get impatient with family members who are who take their time uh, to do things. They, they get impatient with their parents and they get impatient with their grandparents, even worse, because the grandparents are not familiar with these uh, uh, smartphones and you know high-speed internet. Uh, so, you know, um, so this, this generation is a generation which has come up with, uh, with all kinds of emotional problems uh, because they're not getting the satisfaction of dealing with uh, so much of human interaction. Most of the interaction is on the phone. Uh, they are they are on chat 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 rooms and they are on uh, 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 WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram. Um, so the, the the human contact is limited. With the result that uh, they don't mature uh, emotionally as far as the friendship with people is concerned. So so there is a big gap in the in in the maturity as far as. Uh, uh, as far as um, uh, interacting with people, so uh, that creates a problem because that what that does is creates what we call social phobia. Social phobia is a situation where you you feel uh, scared, you feel um, fear when you are with people. Now it could be even you know the 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 the, 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 the more severe it is, the more closer it, it is to you, uh, so, which means that uh, you'll have that feeling with your family members as well. So, uh, so it's a it's a feeling of um, fear uh, that you may say the wrong thing, you may do the wrong thing, uh, or you you know uh, you you want to run away from there, you want to escape from there, and all it is is a social human social environment, and they are not used to it. Now, so there, there's a there's a high degree of social phobia uh, in in this group in this age group. Also, you find that about twenty percent of them suffer from depression. And, and 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 another twenty percent will suffer from anxiety. So anxiety and depression takes a large chunk uh, of the, of these people, uh, these people's lives lives. And uh, uh, it it you know um, uh, the expectations are very high, very high expectations because whatever they want, they can get it on Google. Uh, you know they don't need parents, they don't need grandparents. Uh, whatever questions they want to ask uh, is is Google. Google will tell them. So they don't need anybody. They, 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 uh, and you know they, they just do things on their own. So they become very selfish. Uh, they, um, they become very, and it's not we're not blaming them. That's how they grew up, um, and uh, it's not their fault. Uh, that's the environment in which they, they have come. Now this is not only in South Africa. It's all over the world, everywhere in the world, uh, and uh, uh, this is happening all over: China, Japan, uh, USA, UK, Europe, everywhere. It's happening everywhere. Uh, so, 
uh, this generation has to slow down. They have to slow down. But unfortunately, things are getting worse. Now with artificial intelligence, it's, become, it's going to become so confusing, absolutely confusing, because you won't know what's the truth and what's not the truth. You won't know that the person in the video is the right person or is another person. Uh, that uh, they, take, they can take your picture, Shafat, and they can put it onto a basketball player, and you can play mm. basketball just like the basketball player. Uh, and, and people think that Shafat is playing basketball, uh, and it's so real. So, you know, you, 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 now you come to a point where it's becoming, you know, this world is going upside down now, so you have to be very, very careful. YouTube is gone out of the window. Instagram is out of the window. You can't trust anybody anymore. Uh, you can't trust these things anymore. Uh, because these things can, you don't know whether it's the truth or not the truth. So that's, again, creating a, a, a sort of a, 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 an uncertainty in their lives, these, these kids, this, this, uh, this group of children, or the adults as well. And, so, and, and a lot of them are, are stuck in, in teenage life. They, they haven't matured into adults. So, they, so although they may be 24, 25, the thinking is like teenagers, and they're thinking so. So that creates another emotional problem for them, uh, because they haven't come to terms with adult life yet. Uh, so, you, Shafat, is a, is a, it's a long, very long topic, a uh, very big topic. And I, I'm, mm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've gone a bit no, more no, no, than no. I should. You know, doctor. But, uh, you know, you know what I want to tell you, doctor, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You're a gem. You are a gem. You know, what you told now, I mean, uh, no one can just come up there and talk about it, but a man of hikmah and, you know, with the academic qualifications you have to, you know, you are really worth the salt on uh, Marcus Sahaba and the voice of the Allah Sunnah wal Jama'ah. You don't need to apologize for because you had me mesmerized and I said, you know what, the doctor is talking my language. And, you know, sometimes I go and give a motivational talks and I uh, go to uh, different ulums and also technicons and all that, uh, you know, talk about media, but I go and... Uh, you know, you exactly were uh, regurgitating what I was saying. I mean, that uh, basket, uh, basketball thing, I saw it this morning. And it was as if you were reading my mind and you were just uh, giving the script there. And you, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, parents today, um, I mean, they can be in the 60s, but they want to uh, dress up like uh, what uh, lambs in wolf, wolf skin or something. I don't know how it in sheepskin and all that. And uh, there's it because the, the, the daughter or the mother is competing with the daughter. The father is trying to act uh, macho. And, you know, they just don't want to because of this meretricious uh, uh, facade that uh, is played on Facebook and, uh, you know, Instagram and uh, what and what uh, Twitter, whatever they have. And uh, people are just don't want to let go. But it is all about. And then uh, what they worry about, instead of focusing on the most high, you'll notice that they're focusing on the most low. I mean, the people, and they know the biggest market is that men, you know, talk about the uh, uh, sexuality and talk about, you know, being a macho man. I mean, men in the, that are, you know, going towards the cover are worried about, uh, you know, uh, yeah, things that are irrelevant, uh, doctor. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, but I must, you know, just coming back to this Generation Z that we are talking about, we must remember that it's not their fault, and we can't blame them for what's happening because it's the environment that they're that they're growing up is, is that's causing the problem, and the exposure to this environment uh, is, is creating havoc in their minds. Uh, and uh, you know, you really need to be sympathetic to them, uh, and and try and help them to try and slow down and not pay too much of attention uh, to these uh, devices that are around at the moment. Uh, that's, that's creating a major problem. So it has to be done very gently with love and uh, with, a, with support 
and try and get them to slow down. And, and, and that's what you need to do. Slow down and try and uh, get them to have uh, a good relationships with their cousins uh, and close family members. Uh, and uh, that's, where you, that's where you start. Uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, as far as what you're saying about, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, there are, there are major changes taking place, uh, Shavad, in, in our lives. And uh, uh, we are, in a way, we are very glad that Allah Ta'ala has kept us alive uh, to see the, the, the transition. Some of the elderly people have taken up the, the, uh, uh, the technical, technological advances that, that have taken place during their lifetime and are using it to good effect. Uh, and they are, they are using it to better themselves. They are using it to improve their deen. They're using it to improve their, their Arabic. They're using it to, to, to read the Quran. They're, so so they're doing that kind of thing. But they are, they, there is a, a group of people who are misusing it and, and, and becoming addicted to this kind of technology. So, um, you know, it's, it's a whole spectrum of, of uh, people that we are seeing here now at the moment. And I think we all need to, all of us, we need to take a step back and look at ourselves and ponder over our lives and see where we are heading. Uh, you talk about introspection, and I really, I was introspecting whilst you were talking, and Allah bless you for that. While getting into our topic, uh, you know, Parkinson's uh, disease, and the first time I got uh, aware of Parkinson's uh, disease was when Muhammad Ali, the uh, legendary boxer, uh, succumbed to Parkinson's disease. Uh, we watched how it affected him and so forth. And uh, maybe there was this other, you know, when we were even more younger, Michael J. Fox, I mean, he had a foundation talking about Parkinson's disease and all that. Uh, doctor, you know, talk about uh, this disease and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, signs of how you identify a Parkinson's disease, uh, Dr. Farooq Afiji. Yes, uh, yeah, Parkinson's disease was uh, first, uh, you know, um, um, thought about uh, in the early uh, 18th century uh, when they, they, when, you know, this, of course, this, this problem has been around for since your human life. Uh, but that's when it was picked up that, the, that there's, a, uh, there's a set of symptoms that people get uh, which fall in, falls into a category. And the, and the guy who discovered it was, was uh, Parkinson, a guy called Parkinson. And that's why he's named after him. Uh, so, with uh, this disease, what actually happens is that the, 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 it's a neurodegenerative disease. Um, so, you know, you can, we can understand what, what degenerative disease is. And one of the commonest ones that we face is arthritis. Arthritis is a gen degenerative disease. The, the, the bones and joints degenerate. That's why we have arthritis. In the same way, nerve cells degenerate in our brain. And that's what we call neurodegeneration. And Parkinson's disease is one of them. Uh, and what actually happens is that you get uh, uh, some protein, um, uh, abnormal protein being laid down uh, in the nerve cells, which, uh, which creates, you know, it becomes clusters and becomes bigger and bigger, causing, making plaques. Uh, and those start pressing against nerve tissue. And then, uh, and, and then you start getting uh, uh, symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Uh, but it's 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 uh, it's in part of the brain which we know about the basal ganglia, but uh, it can be now they discovered that it can be in other parts of the brain as well. Uh, so there is a there is a neurochemical there's a chemical in the brain which is called dopamine, and that's a main one that that um, 
the lack of dopamine creates the symptoms. And, uh, you know, by the time Parkinson's disease is diagnosed, the person has had it for about 10, 15 years. By the time it's diagnosed, the person has had symptoms for the last 10 or 15 years. So our, our idea is to try and pick these people up at a very, very early age and try and improve their lifestyle. There is no cure for Parkinson's disease, but, but you can make lifestyle changes which will improve their quality of life. So the earlier it's picked up, the better it is. And one of the earliest signs is a tremor. It's a tremor of the fingers or, and, and the hand, which, which is uh, it's, it's a tremor at rest. So when they're resting, the, 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 the fingers will move, the thumb will move, and, and that's one of the very, very early signs. If all the fingers move, and there, there are other conditions that cause tremor, uh, benign essential tremor is one of a very common one. Uh, it can sometimes be confused with Parkinson's disease. But that's not that's not Parkinson's disease, and that doesn't cause the the, uh, the symptoms and signs of Parkinson's disease. Uh, but there are other other also uh, less common causes of tremor. But the commonest one is Parkinson's disease. Another thing that happens besides the tremor is that the person starts walking slower. Uh, they start walking slower because they they be, their muscles become a bit stiff and uh, they they're a bit rigid, and so they they walk a bit. Um, slower, uh, they may lean a bit forward because the center of gravity comes forward, so they start leaning a bit forward when they walk. Uh, they may have uh, balance problems. They may not be able to balance, so if they, if they turn around, they may, uh, they may stumble a little bit uh, because they lose their balance very easily. Uh, and then uh, loss of taste. Loss of taste is a, a lot of smell. Sorry, loss of smell is another one that is a very early sign. Uh, uh, but of course, there are other causes of loss of smell. All these things need to be, need to be put together to make the diagnosis. Um, so you know, uh, then sometimes this, this speech becomes a little uh, slower. Uh, writing becomes smaller. Uh, expression of the face becomes less. So you become your face becomes you know you like your smile. Your cheeks go up. Uh, your your facial muscles start working. But in Parkinson's disease, that doesn't happen. You get like a flat face. And that's, this is advanced Parkinson's disease. But in the early stages, you will get some changes of expression on the face. And you notice that this person uh, uh, is not, um, uh, is, is not the, the face is not expressing how they feel. Uh, there's also another, another thing in that when, when they walk. You see, when we walk, we have a natural swing of the arm that goes according to our legs. And... Uh, so with Parkinson's disease, because of the rigidity of the muscles, the arm swing becomes shorter and shorter. They don't swing the arms as much. That's a very early sign again. Uh, and uh, uh, there are other changes that take place. But these are the things that we, we need to look out for. A tremor, slow movement, rigid muscles, which makes, the, which makes us walk a bit slower. Uh, then uh, balance problems. Uh, we, we lose our balance every time we turn around or, or we get up from a chair or uh, and loss of uh, uh, smell. Uh, then uh, you can get a slower speech. You can get writing, which becomes smaller, uh, and you can get an expressionless face. These are all signs uh, of early signs of Parkinson's disease. And as the disease progresses, it becomes all these symptoms become worse. All of them become worse, uh, and 
insomnia is another sign. Another sign that occurs later when they when they can't sleep at night, uh, and uh, they they feel sleepy during the day, but they can't. They have a problem sleeping at night. Uh, but that's another. That's another. Uh, but remember, uh, not sleeping at night. There there are many other causes of it. In fact, most of these things there are other causes of these problems that that arise. But we need to put all of them together to make the diagnosis. Uh, if you take just one symptom, uh, it can. It doesn't mean that the person's got Parkinson's disease. Uh, it it may because there are a lot of other causes of these symptoms. But we need to put these symptoms together and say, well, these are the things that uh, um, that uh, uh, that are happening. There's no blood test or X-ray uh, to determine whether this is Parkinson's disease or not. However, now there are CT scans that can pick up these plaques in the brain. Uh, MRI scans, which help quite a bit uh, to pick up this plaque. So the diagnosis now can be made uh, with x-rays, uh, but this will have to be in, in an advanced stage, not in the early stage. Yeah, beautiful indeed, uh, Doctor. You know, you talk about uh, so many things there. The tremor is there, slow movement, uh, the balance goes off, uh, loss of smell, etc., and uh, so forth. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at a message here. Sister says, uh, Dr. Farad Kafiji is our favorite. Allah bless him now and keep him uh, healthy forever. She says, uh, my sister has nerves. Is this a uh, precursor to Parkinson's uh, disease? Yeah, I hear this term. Hey, he's got nerves. Or she got nerves, uh, Doctor. No, the, no. Anxiety and depression has got nothing to do uh, with Parkinson's. It has the anxiety. Let me put it this way: anxiety and depression doesn't lead to Parkinson's disease. But people who have Parkinson's disease can become depressed and can become anxious, uh, and that depression can be a direct result of Parkinson's disease, or it can be uh, because the person realizes that they can't do the things they used to do before, and that makes them feel feel depressed. So. Um, uh, so, uh, but that's nerves we are talking about. That's what people talk about nerves. The other, the other important thing is stress, chronic stress, where you're under stress for many, for long periods of time, worsens Parkinson's disease. It can actually trigger off Parkinson's disease. So we have to be careful of stress because stress is not a not a good thing. It can cause cardiovascular problems. It can cause all kinds of nerve problems, nervous problems. Uh, you know, we need to really get out of stressful situations and find out what's causing the stress and, and, and address that issue. With, again, with Parkinson's disease, stress is a, is a definite uh, um, reason why Parkinson's disease, Parkinson's disease can get worse. And as I said earlier, uh, it can trigger a person's Parkinson's disease. So um, that's, a, that's, that's the nerves that we are talking about. But it doesn't cause it, it'll trigger it and it'll make it worse, but it doesn't cause Parkinson's disease. Uh, Jazakallah for that, uh, Dr. Babu says, uh, Assalamu alaikum. I'm always addicted uh, to the show, Brother Shafat. Uh, great uh, to have uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji once again. He says, my lips uh, sometimes uh, twitches and sometimes uh, my eyes uh, squint, put a lot of pain in it. What is this, uh, Doctor? I uh, generally do not go for checkups now because I'm in my 70s, but uh, listening to you all this evening, Perhaps I'm getting Parkinson's. <laughs> How do you respond to our brother Isa there, Doc? Yeah, as I said earlier, you need to look at other things. You need to have a look at uh, any other symptoms that he's getting or any other signs that he's experiencing of Parkinson's disease. Uh, uh, this doesn't sound like Parkinson's disease because Parkinson's disease tremor is usually on the fingers, on the hands. 
and and uh, so so uh, this is more like a nervous twitch or a nervous uh, uh, um, tremor that he's having, uh, or it may be related to uh, uh, not to be uh, being under uh, a pressure, a lot of pressure, a lot of things to do, a lot of things on his mind that may be creating the problem. Uh, that usually affects the eyes as well. Uh, when the eyes start twitching, and very often we feel that sometimes when we when we feel our eyelids are twitching, uh, that's surely a sign of uh, too much on your mind and too many things to do, and you're and you're becoming stressed. It's a it's an early sign for us to take stock of stock of ourselves and try and slow down. Uh, mashallah, a lot of uh, good questions coming through here. Yeah? And, uh, you know, the regulars, uh, Babu says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. I used to have a beautiful handwriting. Now it's a foul scratch. What can it be? But my hands are not shaking. I know then it can't be Parkinson. <laughs> Doctor, uh, looks like uh, Babu trying to uh, evaluate himself or give himself a diagnosis. Uh, how do you advise him? With Parkinson's disease, the writing becomes smaller. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if it's scratchy and it's large, it's not Parkinson's disease. If it's scratchy and it's normal size that he normally writes, no, that's not Parkinson's disease. With Parkinson's disease, the, the writing will go smaller. And as you get more, more advanced in Parkinson's disease, of course, you'll have problems writing because your hands will be shaking, and then that will create a scratchy, a scratchy writing. But again, the writing will become smaller than, than it was before. Uh, yes, uh, looking at this uh, question, you says, uh, Doctor, I want to know when does a Parkinson's uh, disease set in? And it's also believed uh, that those that suffer from Parkinson's uh, disease uh, can live uh, 10 to 20 years after that. Uh, doctor, how true is that? Uh, yes, Parkinson's disease, most of the cases occur after the age of 60. <laughs> but you do, you can get you can get it starting at the age of 40 or 50. Uh, but uh, usually it starts at, after the age of 60. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 males get it more than females, actually. Uh, males suffer more than females. Nobody knows why. Uh, and, uh, you know, Parkinson's disease sometimes occurs on its own, spontaneously. And sometimes it occurs with trauma, like in, uh, like in, uh, like in La Boxer Ali. Uh, that happened because of trauma. It can happen with uh, exposure to heavy metals like manganese. Uh, mag manganese, magnesium, uh, large doses of these heavy metals uh, can cause Parkinson's disease, and exposure to chemicals uh, can, uh, no, this lo long exposure to chemicals can cause Parkinson's disease. So there are other causes of Parkinson's disease which are not are just, just uh, it just doesn't come. Uh, um, uh, the commonest one, of course, is when it comes up on its own. And uh, the other interesting thing is that it doesn't seem to be genetically carried down. You see, and you know, you can have a person with Parkinson's disease in your family. It doesn't mean you got a higher chance of getting Parkinson's disease. Uh, people who don't have a family history of Parkinson's disease get Parkinson's disease. So it's it's uh, you know it's it's nobody knows why it happens. There are a lot of research being done to find out what's causing the problem. There are a lot of yeah they they. Thousands and thousands and thousands of trials that are being done at the moment over the years, uh, trying to look for a cure for Parkinson's disease, but nobody has really come up with it. All we can do uh, is, uh, you know, optimize the function of the brain. Uh, that's all we can do, and and improve the person's quality of life. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 
so uh, if we uh, if we achieve that, uh, then at least a person can have a better quality of life. Uh, brother says, yes, assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Kaviji, Shafat Ahmad Khan, and uh, Mufsi uh, A.K. Hussain. I simply love the station and love all the programs. I like my doctor show also. Uh, he says, I, I'm sleeping uh, uh, more often uh, than before, but uh, they have a problem. I cannot hold my bladder. What is this, uh, doctor? Yeah, well, he seems to have a double uh, fix there, doc. Yeah, the sleeping problem usually, if, you, if you're feeling sleepy during the day, uh, one of the commonest reasons for that is that he's not sleeping well at night. Uh, something is causing him not to sleep well at night. Uh, so he may be restless at night or he may be suffering from insomnia. insomnia. Uh, so, and he needs to find out what's causing that problem because there's a whole lot of uh, reasons why uh, people get up at night and can't sleep at night. Uh, so if, you, if you're not having adequate sleep at night, you will, you will, you will have daylight, day, daytime sleepiness. And, and, and one of the one of the ones that are not diagnosed very easily is sleep apnea. Uh, people who suffer from sleep apnea, uh, where their oxygen level starts decreasing at night because they are not breathing enough, the breathing is being blocked in the neck or in the throat, uh, uh, they, will, they, will not, they will have a restless sleep and they will feel sleepy during the day. So the sleepiness is, is not an indication of any, um, it's, it's an indication that there's something wrong uh, with a with a person's uh, health, uh, they need to sort that out. Uh, so, uh, as far as that, uh, as far as the sleepiness is concerned, uh, I would uh, I would I would um, uh, you know investigate that. The other problem, what uh, is the other problem? Gee, uh, yeah, he couldn't hold his bladder or something. He said that. Yeah. Yes, it depends on his age, and if he's over forty, definitely over fifty or over sixty, then. Then he's got to look at his prostate and um, the prostate problem because an enlarged prostate uh, from the age of 40, prost the prostate gland in men enlarges, becomes larger, and as it becomes larger, it compresses on the tube that that passes urine from the bladder out to the out outside, and uh, uh, it, it interferes with the sphincters. We have two sphincters there, two valves uh, that protect the urine from coming out of the bladder. Uh, and uh, so, see, Allah Ta'ala's wisdom, he hasn't given us one valve, he's given us two valves. In case one gives up, uh, we have the other one to hold the urine. Uh, but with, with the prostate uh, disease, uh, the one will, uh, you know, the one may open. Uh, and of course, when the one opens, it gives the urgent need for you to go to the toilet, very urgently. Otherwise, you miss your pants. And uh, so that's a sign of, of a prostate problem. Uh, also, there's another thing that causes, uh, uh, you know, urine um, to go very urgently to, to to pass urine, and that is an irritable bladder. An irritable bladder can be irritated by something that's inside or something that's outside, and that also needs to be investigated to find out what's actually causing the problem. Remove the cause, the problem will go away. If if there's no cause and it's, it's just happening with, spontaneously, there are medications that are available to slow the bladder down and to stop the urine from, uh, stop the bladder from contracting uh, vigorously uh, so that the person can have enough time to go to the toilet. Uh, Jazakallah for that, uh, doctor. Uh, this uh, question here from uh, Fazila Masi, she says, uh, uh, most of my family members are anxious and uh, stressed, uh, doctor. I don't want them to get Parkinson's disease. What medication can you uh, recommend? 
Uh, Fazila Masi is uh, quite concerned there, doctor. Yes, uh, you know, um, anxiety is, uh, is, is, uh, is well, you know, I don't know what word to use, but it's, it's catchy. So you talk to a person who's anxious, you will feel anxious. And that's one of the ways you can find out that the person you're talking to is suffering from anxiety. Okay, so, so the person who is anxious will make the people around them anxious. So if you have an anxious mother, she will make the children anxious. And that's a thing that we all need to be aware of. Uh, if you have an anxious father, they'll make the, the, they, they will make the children around them anxious. They'll make all the relatives anxious with them. And sometimes, uh, you, you, because of that, because you, 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 you make other people feel anxious, they may not want to see you or be with you for long periods of time uh, because they feel that something is wrong. Uh, when I meet him or when I meet her, uh, I feel uh, I don't feel right. I feel a bit anxious. So you you avoid contact, uh, you know. So there are there are many relationship problems that arise from a person suffering from anxiety. So that anxiety needs to be attended to. There are things that can be done to to alleviate that anxiety. The psychotherapy that you can use. Uh, there are medications. There are, there are there are foods that you can use to slow you down a bit, and though that's a starting point. Uh, some counseling, uh, some psychotherapy, uh, and some food changes in your diet. Uh, that may be enough sometimes. Re-evaluation of your life, uh, slowing down in what you're doing, uh, that may be enough to sort the anxiety out. And if that doesn't help and, and it's creating a problem, then there are medications available uh, to, to get the anxiety under control. Uh, and I think uh, anybody who has an anxiety problem uh, should attend to it um, in this sort of fashion. First, um, uh, talk to somebody, uh, even if it's a family member, somebody's close to you, uh, confidential, um, and uh, go for counseling. They'll teach you, they'll, they'll give you techniques on how to cope with different things that happen around you during the day uh, and night. Uh, and uh, those coping skills will help you to allay your anxiety. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, those are the things that need to be done. Uh, looking at this question, it says, uh, Mafa, Dr. Farooq Afaji and Brother Shafat Ahmed Khan, I'm a bit off the topic about enjoying the contents uh, this evening with the uh, wonderful Dr. Farooq Afaji. I want to know, Doctor, what is the difference between prostate and hernia? Uh, because both are, I believe, uh, swellings. Uh, doctor, how you respond to this uh, query? Here? The prostate gland is situated uh, under the bladder, very difficult position. Uh, it, it's not easy to be to to feel. Uh, so it's sitting, it's sitting just under the bladder, and the tube from the bladder to the outside goes right through the middle of it. So that's where the prostate is. Then that gland can swell. The um, that gland is about the size of a walnut uh, normally, but it can swell to quite to about three four times its size, even larger sometimes. A hernia, on the other hand, is a weakness of the tissues that support the, 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 the abdominal wall. We have tissues that support the abdominal wall, keeping our bowel in uh, so that it doesn't protrude. And, and so there are weak spots uh, in, on our abdominal wall, um, and these weak spots are potential sites of, of hernia. One of the weak spots is our umbilicus, where we have uh, our, our cord, umbilical cord. Uh, 
and that's because that goes into our our into our tummy and from there into the liver uh, for exchange of blood when we are in the mother's you know in our mother's womb. And because that's a weak point, weak spot. If that doesn't heal properly, there is a weakness there, and you can get a hernia around your umbilicus. The other weak point is in men is is in the groin, uh, because uh, the testis the testis develops uh, near the spine. Uh, it develops in an area between the ribs and the and the and the backbone, the last rib and the backbone. That's where the the testis develops, and it works its way while we are in, in our mother's womb. It works its way down and down and down through a little um, uh, gap in this covering of our abdomen and into the scrotum. And that part where it goes through this covering of the abdominal wall, that's another weak spot. Uh, the way hernia, hernia, hernia occur. So, uh, so that's where you get. It. And the, the and one of the you see where people mix up, mix uh, mix it up, and that is that if you if you have this weakness and you apply pressure on your on your on the inside of your abdomen, like when you're carrying something heavy and you make uh, like this, you're carrying something heavy, you're increasing the pressure in your abdomen, and that can because you're creating a pressure in your abdomen, that weak spot will open up, and that's where the hernia will start. So that can happen with lifting something heavy. It can happen with constipation, chronic constipation, and it can happen with people who have a prostate problem, who have difficulty passing urine, and they have to really push hard to pass urine, and that pushing hard increases the pressure in the abdomen, causing that uh, the bowel to come through uh, that weak spot that we were talking about earlier. So that's that's where people confuse the prostate with the with the hernia, uh, because the, maybe the doctor told him, you know what, the reason why you've got a hernia is because your prostate is enlarged. So they 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 associate the prostate with the hernia, but there is no association between the two. Uh, just that the hernia came up because the prostate was choking the tube, and you had to press hard to pass urine, with the result that the hernia developed. Uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's what happens. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Doctor. And yeah, I mean, you cleared the air there for our our query and our listener there. Allah bless you for that. Also, uh, looking at this question, it says, uh, Doctor Farooq Afiji, Jazakallah Khaira for being with us uh, this evening. Always enjoy you. I want to know if uh, uh, Parkinson's disease is a, a neuro a neurological uh, problem or psychological problem. Is it all in the brain? Uh, that causes uh, this type of uh, disease, uh, doctor. Uh, how do you respond to Faisal, uh, uh, Doctor Farooq Afiji? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a nervous thing. It's not a. Uh, it's not a uh, an anxiety thing or depression thing or or, or something like that. Uh, it's not a. It's not a mental illness. Um, definitely not. Uh, this is caused by a a problem that's occurring in the brain. Uh, where the brain tissue is now being replaced by these protein plaques that are, that develop in the brain, and and squashes the nerve cells and and damages the nerve cells that produce this dopamine, uh, and so because they are they are damaging the nerves that produce these that dopamine, uh, so there's a lack of dopamine and that's what creates the symptoms. So this is a progressive disease is it it goes on it becomes worse and worse as you get older uh, and and it is a neuro as i said earlier a neurodegenerative disease uh, so uh, it's not it's not caused by any mental illness there's a big difference between the two
Now, you know, doctor, you spoke earlier on uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, he succumbed to Parkinson's uh, Parkinson's disease because of trauma. I mean, they're taking a lot of punches to the head and so forth. Um, you know, so sports person and non-sports person, is it more the uh, people that are, you know, maybe sports inclined that uh, will succumb to Parkinson's uh, disease, uh, doctor? Uh, not really. I mean, it's, I, I don't think any... Um, any, I don't think any studies have been done to compare sports people. That I can't, I can't recall any studies that have been done comparing sports people uh, and normal people, uh, non-sports people, uh, having Parkinson's disease. Uh, but I must say, now recently, uh, they are looking at uh, footballers who hit the ball, uh, and uh, to find out if they are if they are developing any uh, neurological problems as they get older. Uh, that's another study that's taking place at the moment, looking at footballers who are uh, who are uh, usually playing the forward line, uh, where they hit the ball quite a bit, and sometimes these balls come at a very terrific speed, uh, and uh, and if the person hits it, uh, you're getting the full force of that ball onto your head and on your neck. So, are these people suffering more from 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 arthritis of the neck? Are they suffering from more from Parkinson's disease? Are they suffering more from other neurological uh, diseases as they get older, uh, when the soccer career is over? Uh, and that's what they're looking at at the moment to see if there is a difference between them and the population that doesn't hit the ball uh, frequently. So uh, yes, trauma. That's also trauma to the head, hitting the ball. Uh, regularly and and really uh, balls that come at high speed uh, it must have some impact on the brain must have some impact on the on the cervical spine and let's see uh, what these studies show now doctor you take on my memory I mean I played a center forward and I hated with a capital H I hated hitting the ball so I did everything not to head the ball, and I'm glad I did that. I never, you know, very rarely I headed the ball. I didn't like heading the ball, uh, doctor. So, uh, you know, I protected my head there. Uh, same with the cricket. I mean, cricket, sometimes you can't avoid. I mean, we used to play cricket. I'm sure you did the same, doctor. We never had helmets in our day. And uh, sometimes, you know, we were so, uh, we didn't have uh, the pads and the guards, and we still played, uh, doctor. I don't know about you, but I did get uh, quite a few shots in my abdomen and there and here. But not on my head, uh, doctor. What about you? Yes, yeah, no, that's true, absolutely true. But you know, we grew up in South Africa playing cricket in South Africa, and the pitches were not very good, and they are not very bouncy pitches. So, <laughs> so the ball didn't rise, didn't rise higher than the hips. So <laughs> that's one good thing that uh, that we did because we had very very poor pitches uh, when we when we grew up, uh, and some of them, you know, we used to wear, use mats and. So the bounce wasn't as high as it is now uh, with the with new uh, with the new pitches that we find these days. Uh, but anyway, uh, you're right. We did we didn't we didn't play we didn't play cricket with uh, helmets. Uh, we didn't have many. Uh, you know, we, we just played without without helmets. And people did get hurt on their heads, you know, and uh, uh, and and those those hits on the head were quite bad. I mean, you you can you can we get very seriously injured uh, with a cricket cricket ball at high speed hitting your head. Yeah, uh, perhaps I'm uh, emphasizing the point uh, that people of yesteryear were more stronger than uh, the rainbow chicken of uh, today. Hey, they're calling us rainbow chicken here because hey, everything is GM and so forth. Uh, doctor, you know, you're looking at Parkinson's uh, disease. Uh, what about, uh, you know, dietary law? 
uh, you know, certain cultures eat, you know, everything and anything. We in the House of Islam, uh, a food. So would you say, you know, people of maybe with a lesser dietary law, with a dietary law that is not governed properly through divine decree, will succumb more to Parkinson's disease than, say, uh, those that are in the House of Islam and so forth, uh, doctor? Oh, yes, our diet is certainly ordained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's told us to refrain from certain foods. And uh, there's wisdom in that, of course, because Allah Ta'ala was telling us, He made us, He created us, so He knows what's good for us. Uh, and some of the foods that uh, Allah Ta'ala talks about, that, uh, like, like, the, like the blessed uh, olive, uh, yeah, that's goodness. There's good, goodness in, the ol- in olives, olives, olive um, oil as well. And, and we know that. We, that that's, that's helps our, our brain quite a bit as well. There are other foods as well which help our brain, and these are all foods that contain uh, omega-3, omega-6. Uh, you know, fatty fish uh, is one of them uh, that, that we need to, um, uh, that, we, that, we, that we need to eat. In fact, people with Parkinson's disease uh, should really start eating these, these, uh, uh, these foods, uh, fatty fish. Yeah. Uh, then other then the other things like uh, kurunji seeds, flax seed, uh, chia seeds, um, you know, nuts, walnuts, um, oysters, mm, berries. All the berries, all the berries are very good for the brain, uh, and this is what people with Parkinson's disease uh, should be eating. Uh, and of course, one of the things that happens with Parkinson's disease is a, is is constipation, and that's what we need to also pay attention to because people who have Parkinson's disease become constipated and now they have a, they also have a swallowing problem. Uh, sometimes they have, it's very difficult for them to swallow. And uh, if they're having swallowing, swallowing problems, they need to see a speech and language therapist. The speech and language therapist will teach them how to swallow uh, uh, with, less, with less effort. And that's what they need to do. And, and as you do it more and more, you can build up the muscles again uh, in your throat so that you can swallow properly. Uh, so swallowing is a problem. Um, constipation, you know, you need to have a high fiber diet, psyllium husk, uh, whole, bra- whole grain foods, um, all brand, uh, high brand cereals, uh, fruit and vegetables. These are all things that contain uh, uh, fiber. And so these are all wholesome foods. Allah Ta'ala talks about wholesome foods in the Quran, and that's what we need to go to. We, the things that make Parkinson's disease worse are processed foods. Processed foods are no good. High concentration of sugar is also no good uh, for with, with Parkinson's disease. Uh, high concentration of animal fat uh, is also another no-no for Parkinson's disease. Uh, and we, we need to just keep this in mind uh, and uh, try and avoid. Uh, try, you can have them, but not in large amount. Large amount. Rather have the fatty fish and uh, and uh, the other foods. Uh, you know that uh, that I mentioned. Ah, beautiful indeed, uh, doctor. And I know you had uh, written your book on uh, healthy eating and uh, you know dietary laws for Ramadan, and that's a bestseller, people. If you haven't read it, try and get a doctor's uh, book on all those uh, fruits and foods that you eat for healthy living. Yes, uh, doctor. You know, perhaps a very important question: How do uh, we treat a family member uh, that has uh, succumbed to uh, Parkinson's disease, uh, doctor? It's very distressing for the patient. Uh, is even more distressing for the family. So this is a whole family 
my issue. But remember, the person who has Parkinson's disease was a was an active person living a normal life, and for them to get Parkinson's disease is ab- actually uh, absolutely devastating. Uh, so you you know um, we need to think of it in our Islamic way and say that this has been given to us by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and so we need to make the best of it and make sabr and try and work around it uh, to improve our quality of life. So how do we improve our quality of life? So we need to now engage with people who can help us. And as I said, we're having swallowing issues. You can you can have a few few a few sessions with a speech and language therapist. If you're having coordination problems, balance problems, um, rigid muscles, um, and uh, walking problems, um, then you can use an uh, occupational therapist who will teach you different ways of of holding the spoon. Uh, you know. No, with the fingers shaking, it's very difficult for a person with Parkinson's disease to hold a spoon in the hand. But they can hold the spoon in the palm of the hand, like how ch- how kids do. You know how kids do? They hold the spoon in the palm of the hand uh, with the uh, uh, with the spoon part facing the mouth, and then they put it into the mouth. Uh, that's that's one of the ways in which uh, you can make it a bit easier for them. You have to modify things. So occupational therapists will help greatly to try and uh, work around uh, what what the person is doing and try and help them uh, to to lead a better life then you you know because of the stiff muscles muscles go very stiff and it's very uncomfortable for the patient so a good massage of these muscles helps them tremendously absolutely it loosens the muscles makes them walk a bit better and makes them feel much better so that's another thing that uh, people around in the house can help can can do for the for this person who's got Parkinson's disease. Modify things in the house so that it makes it easier for the person with Parkinson's disease. Uh, so you know you 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 instead of using uh, a, a teacup, which is difficult for them to hold because of the shaking of the hand, they may you they may need to use a container. Uh, you know, like um, you know, a transition with a child uh, from bottle to a cup. Uh, you have those feeding feeding cups, feeding cups with a cover on the top so it doesn't spill, with a little spout mm. where you can put your lips and you you get them for adults as well. And that's the type of thing. You put the liquid inside there, even tea you can put inside there, and close the lid off so it doesn't uh, it doesn't um, um, spill. And then uh, they can hold it and they can put it in the mouth and drink it from the spout. So it makes it easier for them. Uh, they, they they get very embarrassed when they drop things, um, and they get very embarrassed when uh, they their hands shake and and it creates a problem uh, uh, for for other people. Uh, so try and avoid you know make life easier for them, and try and avoid situations where uh, they, you, know, you know they may uh, they may get embarrassed themselves. You know, uh, so uh, it's a it's a family thing. The family needs support. Uh, the person with Parkinson's disease needs support, and there are many aids available to try and make their life a bit better. One of the problems with Parkinson's disease, person who's suffering from Parkinson's disease, is that because of their problem with balance and the rigid muscles, uh, so when they when they lose balance because of the rigid muscles, they can't put the foot down to stop themselves from falling. So one of the common things that happens is that they fall, and sometimes that's when Parkinson's disease is diagnosed. When the person falls, then they take them to the doctor, and the doctor looks, examines the patient, and says, "You know what? This person's got Parkinson's disease." 
that's when some very often that's when we diagnose Parkinson's disease. Uh, but you know, uh, that's that would be quite advanced uh, Parkinson's disease. So we need to catch it very early, uh, so that we can help them, uh, you know, loosen their muscles and make them walk a bit better and, and help them with their balance. But again, one of the problems is falling. And so if you see that the person is unsteady and uh, and not just not uh, balanced very well, and they're having a problem walking, use a walking aid. Get them to use a walking aid so that there's a there's some some other mechanism that they can use to balance and to support themselves while they're walking, uh, so that they they don't they don't have this fall. And unfortunately, a lot of falls occur in the bathroom where there are sharp objects. There's glass uh, and there are corners of tables, and so a person can hurt themselves very badly in the bathroom. Uh, and so there, you need to have. Uh, supports uh, in the shower, uh, supports in the bathroom so that the person can hold them uh, in case they feel a bit dizzy or they, or they lose their balance. There's some something for them to hold uh, to support themselves. You know, Doctor, you've been absolutely uh, brilliant uh, this evening, as uh, usual. And uh, there's uh, something I need to tell you because I talk to a lot of people and they say, you know, Shafat, please uh, thank uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji for t uh, telling us to walk. And, you know, we walk quite often in our flats and uh, duplexes. And it was because of Dr. Farooq Hafiji that we do a lot of walking and we really bless him. And, uh, you know, I mean, when when I'm doing my walk uh, too, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I always do these walks, but I think so much of you. And I say, you know, this is how doctor said you, you know, you walk uh, briskly and don't walk too slowly and do this and that. You always, you, you, you actually put a smile on my dial, uh, doctor. Perhaps your parting words uh, this evening. Walk, walking is very, 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 very healthy. Uh, it, it is absolutely healthy. And if you walk in the morning, and uh, as I said in previous shows, that you don't have to go outside to walk. You can walk in your house, in your unit, wherever you're staying, round and round from the lounge to the bedroom, to the passage, to the to the dining room, to the kitchen, to wherever you want to go. Just walk and walk and walk for about 20 minutes, half an hour. It'll make a big difference to your life. Uh, and of course, if you're the outdoor, uh, you can walk better. Uh, you can walk briskly. And also the other thing to do every now and then to take long steps, take long steps, because now you're engaging other muscles and ligaments uh, that you don't normally engage when you know, when you walk normally. So, so stretching those muscles by walk, by taking long steps, and then go back again to taking normal steps again, walk briskly again, and after a while, take the long steps again, uh, and you'll you'll loosen your joints, and of course, uh, you'll make your joints a bit more supple, because when you move the joints, that's when the oil around the joint is produced, and that's the oil that lubricates your joints and makes them uh, less stiff and makes it easier for it to move. So uh, if you're just sitting, uh, those those oils around the around the joints um, are not coming out because you're not using them. You're not using the joint, uh, with the result that there will be a bit of dryness in the joint, which will become uh, make the joint a bit stiff, and it will make it a bit more painful, a bit more difficult to walk. So walking is absolutely, it, it is so good for the heart, for the brain, for every part of your body, for your muscles, for your joints, you name it, every part of your body, body benefits if you walk. And in fact, the most important thing is that if you concentrate on walking regularly, your salah will, be, will improve. You will be able to read, perform your salah much better. 
because you have your muscles are, are better developed in your legs, and of course uh, you, your joints are looser. You'll be able to perform salah much better. Yes, sir, doctor. You know, once you're talking, what about walking backwards? So, you know, there's a big thing about hey, walk backwards is better for you and so forth. What's your views on walking backwards, uh, doctor? You're using different muscles when you walk backwards, so it's it's, it's okay to do that as long as you don't fall over. Uh, and the other, the other way, the other thing to do, of course, if you have the time, is to walk sideways, because again, if you walk sideways, you are engaging other muscles that are not normally engaged when you're normal, when you're with normal walking. And uh, so you walk sideways, both ways, left and right. And um, we have muscles on the inside of our thigh and on the inside of our calf, um, the quadriceps muscle and the hamstring muscle. The middle part of them uh, are are not well developed because we don't we don't often use them very well, and and in salah, what actually happens? We are supposed to face our toes to qibla when we are standing, and now if these muscles get weak, our 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 feet will now start facing outwards. So to get our feet to face inwards, we need to develop these muscles, and one of the ways of doing it is to walk sideways uh, and develop these muscles. There are other ways of doing it as well. Uh, there are other exercises that you can do to develop the inside of your calf and thigh muscle so that your leg, your foot becomes straight so that when you're reading your salah, uh, your feet, your toes are pointing kibla. So that's another muscle that we need to start working on. Uh, and that can be done by initially by walking sideways. That helps quite a bit. Uh, bless you, Dr. Farooq Hafidji, as uh, usual. Your parting words uh, before I let you go. Yes, we're coming to the Hajj season now, and we need to support those people who are going for Hajj, ask them to make dua for us, and uh, make dua for them, uh, and uh, Allah Ta'ala take them all safely and bring them back safely, accept the, the Ibadah, accept the Umrah, accept the Hajj, and make it a complete, uh, acceptable Hajj uh, in, in, uh, with Allah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And uh, uh, we wish them well and hope that their health remains good while they are on this very important journey. I mean, uh, Suma, I mean, uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji, you have a mashallah beautiful evening ahead. Inshallah, we'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.